everyone and happy Monday. I am really excited to be sharing this episode with Ty with you all. I met Ty um, through my friend Stella. She was hosting a podcasting panel and Ty was one of the speakers and I was just really fascinated with his story and the community that he started in Rage and Release. And so uh, we connected and I was really fortunate to be able to record with him a couple weeks ago. He's just such an inspiration and really... I think is it demonstrates that like when you put your mind to something you can you can see it through and if you really focus on that and, and put love into a community you can build one and yeah I just think um, he talks about a lot of really interesting things and how he decided to incorporate cannabis into his running yeah Ty has a really good perspective on a lot of things so I'm excited for you all to listen please enjoy and yeah without further ado here is Ty Richards. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Solace and the City. Today, I'm so excited to be here with Ty Richards, who is the founder and creative director of Rage and Release, a platform that combines fitness, cannabis, and mental health. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here as well. So I was hoping you could start off by telling me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How old are you? Where do you currently live? What do you do? What's your story? For one... Um, pleasure to meet everybody. My name is Ty Richards again. Um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I am 33 as of this year, as of this November. Um, I am a little bit of everything in the sense of what I'm doing right now with Rage and Release. Um, I wear several hats because, um, that's why I created Rage and Release was to be able to enjoy all my passions in one and not be limited because I feel like after being in so many industries, whether it's security, whether it's, you know, hospitality, modeling, so on and so forth, I feel like a lot of people don't really get to uh, jump into their passions and, and give it their all and actually understand what they're actually good at and what they can give the world. So that was my um, way of doing that by creating Rage was just be limitless and just be young and, and innocent in everything that I'm doing and just enjoy life through my through my passions. Um there was another question you asked me too. Uh, how old are you? Where do you currently live? Brooklyn, I guess. Yep. Um, I'm still in Brooklyn. I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Honestly, if I do move somewhere, it's definitely outside of the country. But if we're going to be living in America, we're going to be living in Brooklyn, baby. Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> so um, you described Rage Release on your website, at least, as a holistic health and wellness community. And so mm-hmm. I was curious what that meant to you and what inspired you to create a group that could join together on you know your passions which are like running mm-hmm. and holistic wellness mental health etc um there's a plethora of things that made me create rage and release um starting with one i was injured in 2017 and i um i had tendonitis and it took me away from running for about six months five to six months and that was a huge um awareness factor for me because of the fact that i saw how many people in the community were affected by injuries and i saw that their mental health um a lot of times dwindled during that injury and uh, you know it's hard to come back from an injury let alone you know figuring out your body after an injury so when, when i seen that i saw that there was a huge miss in the running community so that was one of my inspirations. And then um, another one of my inspirations was the fact that um, I have family who have mental illness. So um, seeing them go through all of those different um, levels of it, uh, it made me want to help the community in ways that um, I felt like, again, running and fitness wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to dig a little deeper and be as close to the people that needed it because I feel like fitness is outpriced for a lot of people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there are true. gyms that are affordable but at the same time, like people don't necessarily know what they're doing without guidance every now and again, you know? So it's easy to go on YouTube, but like it, it feels so much better when you can meet somebody and actually like they they care about how you feel and where you are and how you're learning. And um, I think that was a big factor for me too. So trying my best to provide services to help people with their mental health, but also help people with their day-to-day struggles as well. Because sometimes you just need an outlet. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need to vibe out and, and, and get back into yourself and then, you know, figure things out. So just being able to give people an outlet for for that mental aspect, but then also like understanding the city is, again, a lonely place and people go through things and a lot of times they don't have outlets. So for those student athletes that aren't athletes anymore, for those people who, you know, they need some type of camaraderie, they need some type of community, that's what this is all about. Um, providing that and then allowing them to grow within that and then figure things out from there. Because I, I, I like people coming to Rage, but I don't want people needing Rage. So what were you doing before you started the group? Like, that, um, before you got injured? Before I started my brand, um, I was with... Um, BMG model modeling agency. I was signed to Red Modeling Agency. I was with a, a few different agencies um, before that, but um, my goal was to become an Eakin. Um, at the time, I was knee deep with Nike. Um, I modeled for Nike for seven years, so I did a lot of the e-commerce, a lot of the secret projects, and being immersed in that culture and being from New York, everybody knows that Nike is king of New York when yeah, it comes down yeah. to you know sports culture and just lifestyle overall. So working for Nike was a dream come true. So I, I wanted to be a part of that in ways that, again, could affect my community in, in ways that, um, you know, a large brand like that could. There's so much potential when you, when you have that type of machine behind you. But mm-hmm. then when I realized that, like, you know, that machine is, is well-oiled in, in a way where you may not be able to fit in, Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing that kind of led me to create my own thing as well, too, is understanding that, you know, you can you could become part of these large companies and you have all these aspirations. But some people, they go into these brands and they get chewed up and spit out. And before you know it, you lose your passion. Yeah. So for me, um, realizing that I was like, I got to do something for myself. But, yeah, I was I was modeling. I've been in the model industry for 12 years. Um, that was one of my biggest passions, because going back to allowing myself to uh do something fulfilling and do something whole it allowed me to be an artist even though i wasn't an artist that's what rage also allows me to do is be all the things that um i wish i could be yeah i don't have the diligence or the patience for that so i rather facilitate it i'd rather be the person that facilitates people's um uh, talents yeah like you want to because like kind of as you said i think with big corporations, you can just kind of become a cog in the wheel and yeah. like to have little control over how you're how you're portrayed, how you know the the projects you're able to take on, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, that makes sense. And I'm curious. So I guess I mean, like one of the core things with Rage and Release is running. And so I mean, I'm assuming you've loved running for a long time, but I was mm-hmm. hoping you could talk more about what it is about running that you love and like why you chose that to make that the core of of this community um for starters i i love running because of the fact that um there's a freedom factor and a control factor all at the same time um nobody can tell me what to do while i'm running nobody can control where i'm going while i'm running like you know you get to just be so much of yourself in that sport it's an individual sport so you get to learn so much of yourself mm-hmm. while you're doing it and then, um, you know, as a as a single single child, and you know, not really having control over my life, and you know, I think seeing how society treats black men and stuff like that, you don't really have control over a lot of different things. So running was that type of control control for me. So um, when I got to really enjoy it for what it is, the beauty of exploring your your limitations through that sport, I thought it was vital that. Um, I brought that element to whatever community that I want to create. Um, running is a free sport at the same time compared mm-hmm. to any other sport. All you need is a pair of shoes. You may not need the best. You might not have the best shoes, but you can yeah. still go out and bang out a run. Um, and I thought that it, it was one of the most liberating sports because, again, you can do it by yourself. And I thought that was most important because everything that I'm doing is to empower a person so they can be their best for themselves Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to get caught up in community and get caught up in a team and stuff like that but you don't always have that team so when you don't have that aspect it's it's always you so I want to use running for that aspect of self-empowerment and I thought that it was so important that um we had that I had a sport that was inclusive because again fitness is it's really pricey, mm-hmm. you know. So especially in New York, especially in New York, um, and then you know, again, equipment costs, things like that. So just you know, creating something that 
allow people to have a home and feel good about what they're doing and also not really have to think too hard about their um their entry point either mm-hmm. Be- just because you know you can't do a push-up that doesn't mean you can't run yeah you know so i think that was also a big thing for me as well like because people look at me and be like oh this guy wants to fucking work me out and kill me and it's like nah actually i just want you to enjoy this movement and then learn more about your body and how what your capabilities are yeah that's so interesting and like i have a i mean my story with running is kind of funny like when i was younger I hated running. Like, I hated it mm-hmm. when we had to do, I forget what it was. Like, the, the, the time what? trial, the one, one mile. Like, yes. yeah, I remember that. Around yeah. the, oh my and gosh. I, and I, I think, was a kid. I loved that. Okay, of course. <laughs> I, I hated it, dreaded it. I think I was like the last one to finish. And then I was trying to qualify for varsity field hockey my junior year of college, or sorry, high school. And to do so, we had to like get a, you had to get like a, eight minute mile or something so my summer of my summer after my sophomore year of high school so going into junior year I like kept I guess quote-unquote training for that and I think that's like what broke the seal for lack of a better term and Mm -hmm. then I just started loving it and like Mm -hmm. I just think there's something so meditative about running and just Mm -hmm. the like the whole like runner's high is so true and just being able to just set out for however many miles you want and just like think about things. And it's like, you know how they talk about shower thoughts. I feel like I have so many, like I come up with like new companies I want to start when I'm running, like so many new ideas. And then, um, my friend like who passed away by suicide, he was a runner. And once he died, I like used running as a huge tool to process my emotions and like, would just I remember one time I was in Mexico and I went on this run and I just started like bawling mm-hmm. and it was so and I I've never felt more close to like whatever is up there right. than in then in that moment and I think that's just something so beautiful about the sport and like I don't even know if I'd call it that of like a sport it's I feel like it's just so no it's so much, much more. more than a sport and and it I definitely can testify to having those spiritual moments mm-hmm. in running and I think for me those moments were so profound and that's another reason why i incorporated running into the community because um though again those individual 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 moments add up to so much Mm -hmm. and if you're actually doing the right thing um in a sense of setting the right intention you can get so much out of it and that's one of the main reasons why i conduct myself the way that i do so like if you ever come to a rage run you're definitely gonna see me saging you're definitely going to see me, you know, setting a mood and setting it, setting a tone for what it is that people are here for. Because it's so easy to get a group of people together, but then when there's no intention and, and no passion behind that, then it's just like, what are we here for? Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm wasting your time and I'm not doing your service if I don't, if you don't leave with more than you came with. Yeah. You know. And I love that. I was actually thinking about that too, and, and thanks for reminding me. But I think it's what's really cool about it's because I think, you know, with things like yoga, which I love yoga, I think it's great, but there's a lot of the saging and like mm-hmm. the meditative elements. Oh, 100%. And then I I don't think society typically thinks of running in that way as like a form of meditation. I think they think more of like racing and. Well, the boom now, everybody wants to be in mental health and everybody wants to be in wellness. And, you know, it's very trendy at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I was foreseeing this market being the way that it is now years ago. Um, so I kind of got to jump on it. But um, to see what it is right now, sometimes I get a little frustrated because um, people try to simplify wellness and it's really not that simple sometimes. Sometimes it's a really uh, it's really a lot of um, programming and how you um, fix your mind around wellness. Like you have to want that. Mm-hmm. Same thing, same way you want fitness, you have to want these parts of your life to work and to evolve. So for me, when you know you have people just trying to make it so simple, it's like, nah, man, like keep it real. Like you'd be fucked up sometime. Do you mean like when people simplify it, like on things like social media yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. They just make it seem like it's so easy. Like, you, like, oh, you'll be fine in a week. No, you will not. Yeah, you'll be fine in a month. Just say no, these three affirmations. Not. Just have the like love. Yeah. Uh, assumption yeah yeah i know i have that difficulty with some clients of like 
I, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of astrology and I mm-hmm. like, I love thinking tarot cards. Like I love that stuff, but I also know that just because my tarot says something good is going to happen doesn't mean I can just sit back and wait. Well, like you have to, you have to be put, proactive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the maybe downside of some of the like incorporation of 100%. these alternative, whatever you want to call them. And also like, is honestly not that easy to navigate spirituality either. Mm-hmm. You know, like spirituality is no joke, but that's a whole other conversation in the sense of um, just be safe in how you consume wellness and how you consume spirituality because what works for somebody else may not work for you the same, you know? So got to be truly, truly aware of who you are and what you're made of because everybody's um, nature is different and needs to be fed differently. So Facts. That's yeah. what leads to accidentally joining cults oh I mean, 100 it's a real thing oh yeah i it's can tell you thing. after i i have a pretty crazy story about me almost joining cult that's mm-hmm. well i'll tell you after oh that boy. yeah um no I'm, a, I'm so intrigued with that but yeah it's true when people are, like are their most vulnerable and their most um in places where they're at a like like a, almost like a loss of identity or don't oh, fully yeah. know themselves that's when that's cult leaders whoever like narcissistic people like will tap like will hook on to that they can sense that like almost feeling of powerlessness and confusion and loss you know and and no knowledge of self the wolves of the world exist and people don't want to acknowledge that sometimes but the wolves are out there and if you don't know yourself you will be prey yeah and i I tell people about this every now and again if you ever had the chance to like really talk to me and you understand like my tactics on life like never be never be a sheep never be prey Hmm. facts so part of the mission of rage and release is to break negative stigmas around surrounding cannabis Mm -hmm. um so i was hoping you could talk a little bit more about some of these stigmas that you're referring to and how you refute the false narratives around cannabis well for one we're going to talk about cannabis in the black community and how black men are seen when they use cannabis um, when a black man is seen as a stoner or anything like that is a negative connotation to society. You know, mm-hmm. oh, you know, never going to amount to anything. You never, you know, you're up to no good. All those negative stereotypes that you can imagine, right? We've all heard it. We've all seen it. Um, and then on top of that, too, you, you know, the idea that cannabis can't be used for productivity is also a huge factor for me. So I've been kicked out of my crib. As far as I kicked out of my house when I was younger, um, because my mom found that I was smoking weed, um, she was one of the first people that was like, "You're not gonna amount to anything, and you're gonna be just like these people," and blah blah blah. And I was just like, "I'm gonna prove you wrong." So I've been on a mission since I was about 16, 17 years old of proving how cannabis can actually be be used as a, a tool of um, productivity, but also as a tool for for enhancing your sports. Um, whatever sport you're in because the concentration level that you can tap into when you're stoned i mean we we, we I, th- I feel like everybody has that one dude they have in their life or that one woman that they've met before when it's like they kick ass at whatever they do and they smoke mad weed whether yeah it, it doesn't matter what they do they could be an uh you know chess player i mean anything it doesn't make a difference but um w- we all know that one person or two people. So for me, I want to represent those people. And I also wanted to um, beat the stigma that um, it didn't exist within fitness as well, too, because there's so many trainers who are closet stoners. And Mm -hmm. that was a big problem for me because I was like, here we are, you know, not telling the truth. You guys aren't doing, you guys aren't using pre-workout. You're smoking, you know, saying tell the truth, you know what I'm saying? So for me, that was a big, 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 big miss for a lot of people. And I was like, oh, hell no. I'll be one of the first people to tell people that, yo, you can be a stoner athlete. You can accomplish amazing things. You can break out of that mold that society is telling you because it, it, it was propaganda. It's all propaganda at the end of the day. The government created that that stereotype for a reason. So moving against, moving away from that, but also giving the uh, the proper due diligence to the plant as well, understanding that it has helped people with um, cancer. It has helped um, children with epilepsy you know um seizures all these different things so it's been proven eczema blah 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 so you know people making food out of it all these different things so cannabis is not just about the the getting high aspect for me it's more so about let's bring it back into um climate climate change is a huge issue right Mm -hmm. so let's move away from all these plastics and whatnot and and use hemp like 
come on, like let's get with nature and, and move into that more. So it's also about fighting for that as well. That's so fascinating. When was like marijuana legalized in New York? Because I wasn't here. I think it was like 2021. Uh, yeah, it was like the past. Honestly, I, I, don't, I never really cared to keep up with those things because, again, when you follow the trends, you always know what's next in a sense. You know what I'm saying? And I always knew mm. cannabis was down the pipeline because it's yeah. too much money. Well, they're not going to legalize cocaine. <laughs> you know, oh they're trying. God. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like, you're going to go for the next best thing. They just legalized gambling, sports gambling not that long ago. So you got to understand, oh, like, true. the money, the money is there. Yeah. Nobody cares about the actual, like, what the plan is doing. It's about the money. I'm more just curious, like, if, because you, you talk about, like, closeted stoners in the sports community. I'm wondering if those people have spoken up more now that, you know, if nah, they're. a lot of people, really? are st- I still get messages of, like, thank you for what you're doing. And I appreciate you, you know, being a crusader in, in this because I, I, I still can't talk be- in my industry because of I'm connected to said gym and stuff like mm. that. You got to remember like, cause there's still a stigma around yeah. it. Yeah. But also like going back to the fact that when you're working for these companies, you can't be yourself. You're a yeah. part of that company for mm-hmm. you to be yourself now. Then that's a whole different story. And then you're a contractor then, but if you're a part of that company, then you have to abide by their rules. So who are you to say anything about cannabis and lose your job? And now you're, now you're, you know, start from square one again. Yeah. It's so interesting too. Like, I quit drinking in January and being the person I am, like (laughs) the first thing I did was like read a ton of books about alcohol and it just, it's just so crazy how something like alcohol is so normalized in our society, even though it causes so much damage, uh, both to your body, but also like, it's about the money. The money and like there's literally 11 i think like 11 or 12 alcohol companies that yeah own everything yeah. like own every th- and they the alcohol companies like literally took the mem- the cigarette propaganda and like use the same thing to target women and marginalized communities and it just it just <clears throat> it's so infuriating that then there is like both a stigma around marijuana in general but like as you spoke to specifically in marginalized communities because of the like historical war on drugs which was literally just an effort to target communities of color like that is what it was in the 1980s or whatever it was like yeah i I guess before that it was all about like for instance um plastic petroleum and gas the whole reason why propaganda was created like reefer madness and all that stuff that was because they wanted to do away with natural textiles all the money was in, you know, mm-hmm. again, petroleum, plastic, so on and so forth. So everything that was going against mankind was what they were investing in. So it was easy for them to create propaganda and say, oh, Mexicans are raping white women. Oh, black women are raping white women. And it's because of weed. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So then you had, you remember the KKK, all these different groups were coming out around the same time that we for madness and all these different things were happening. Mm-hmm. So it's about the money. I don't, I don't care about the propaganda aspect because, you know, that again that's a product of the money so yeah at the end of the day the paper trail follow the paper trail no it's it's you know? true and coffee same thing money and power too like i mean a, a big thing with like the like campaign the war on drugs like with the reagan administrations it's like so he'd get reelected, and so it's power as well but, but also, with that comes money i mean but you go you look into the war on drugs and that was funding another war yeah 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 that's know? what i'm so saying like, shit gets real so it's just like again everything paper trail baby paper trail yeah really quick um i've talked a lot about sakara on this podcast because it has been not only just a great um supporter of solace in the city but also has just really helped me through the days of not wanting to cook and wanting a nourishing and fulfilling meal. Um, and they've been a longtime sponsor of Sauce in the City. So I'm really grateful for them. And I wanted to just quickly let you guys know, because usually I have a discount code that gets you 20% off your first purchase. But for the holiday season, they are offering 25% off for new and existing customers. So that's 25% off any purchase, whether it's your... Um, like three-day breakfast system, the seven-day system, the 30-day system. Um, it's all 
super discounted. So I just wanted to share that all with you guys. And I got a recommendation to spell it out because I guess I haven't spelled it out in previous um, ads. So you can go to sakara.com. That's S-A-K-A-R-A.com and then use the code XOZOE. So X-O-Z-O-E at checkout for 25% off your entire purchase. I love their breakfast. I've mentioned that before and they have some really delicious meals now that it's around the holidays. So like think a lot of like pumpkin inspired things and a lot of soups to really get you kind of bundled up and ready to tackle the winter and then tackle the new year that's quickly coming ahead um so yeah just go to the to sakara.com again s-a-k-a-r-a.com use the code x-o-zoe for 25 percent off your entire purchase of anything new and existing customers uh, now back to the episode so kind of going back to like cannabis in, in the context of mm-hmm. of sports and exercise because I, I was uh, mentioning this before we started recording, mm-hmm. but I think to, I've smoked like maybe once or twice and attempted to run and mm-hmm. probably did it wrong because I just, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I, I, I felt like time was slowing down and it was m- making my run less enjoyable. So... I'm curious, like, what about marijuana, like, enhances your runs? And if you could speak to kind of, like, what you are telling me about before about how it allows you to get more in touch with your body and have more mm-hmm. of an introspective running experience. Well, for one, the one thing I will no- will say is that um, I've noticed for a lot of people who do smoke and go for a run, when they do it by themselves, it's not as cool as when they do it with a group. Yeah. Um, it does, yeah. running in a group, in a group setting does change your perspective on it and it definitely allows your high to be a lot more enjoyable i will mm-hmm. say that um especially when you know if you're running w- with a community like myself or you know communities like uptown like Rue crew there's just vi- there's a vibe that when you come to this community is just like that is a high in itself mm-hmm. but point is um breathing is a huge component in smoking and I think that's also taken for granted. Yeah. You, if you're not an efficient breather, you will not smoke properly, if that makes sense. Because if you're deficient in your breathing, that means that you're actually not getting the proper amount of THC, so on and so forth. So you have to keep smoking in order to get high. But if you're breathing properly and you're doing the right things in the sense of when you wake up in the morning, you're taking five deep breaths, you're in the shower, you're breathing, again, your your lungs are open. Mm-hmm. So breathing is a huge part of it because... Just that motion alone is also running. So bringing the breathing aspect into it, bringing the, the mental into it, and bringing the awareness of self into it allows a person to actually tap in and activate differently, again, in this group setting as to when they're by themselves. Mm-hmm. So for me, I love the aspect of just being able to settle myself and collect my thoughts and then channel the energy forward. You know, So that for me, the whole thing is about channeling and, and focusing um, on one one specific type of uh, manifestation or one uh, specific goal of I want to I want to fix this within myself I want to be better at this I want to listen more all these different things you know mm-hmm. yeah so when you say you set like an intention before anything before whether it's smoking before running mm-hmm. is it one specific intention for that run or do you think it's broader in the sense of like day to day really yeah it's day to day what's like an example because I, I don't, me running is me praying. Hmm. Um, for me, I'm not praying for the same thing every day. Yeah. Um, so I think it goes into the same thing where it's just like today I'm showing gratitude today. I'm, you know, I'm being introspective, all these different things, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm tapping in with that, with that power within myself and out of myself. So being able to again be that aware mm-hmm. i call it sitting in my power running allows me to sit in my power sit in my thoughts and going back into that control factor um now i can control where i decide to point my energy so if my day requires me to i need to again be a better listener or i need to um i need to create something or something like that so i'm dedicating my energy whether it's in that uh, workout, whether it's that run or whatever the case may be, I'm setting that intention and I'm going to um, 
build a power for me to be able to manifest. Do you ever have a day like when you're like starting a run and you're just like, no, like this doesn't feel good? Or are you always, you know, like, I don't know. I'm just thinking. I rarely have an off day. Yeah. The fact that. (laughs) my my passion is just is just it doesn't really fade because i'm feeding myself through everything that i'm doing so i'm never off really wow and, and if i do feel tired i'm still like you still push through i still push through it because i'm like right now one of the homies is tired too they're at work they're at they're you know they don't get to have an off day I always think about my mom you know my mom had me at 16 and she she didn't get the chance to have, have an off day she had to work all the time go to school go so i don't have an excuse Hmm. There's some woman in labor right now. I ain't got no excuse. But do you think that's doing yourself a disservice? Nah, it's just me putting putting myself in a in a humbling position to say you don't want to do this right now, but it's okay. It's okay. You'll be okay when you when you get to the other side. So you're not but hard on yourself in the nah, moment. I'm not hard on myself about it. Nah, nah, not at all. But at the same time, I am reminding myself that right now somebody else is going through something, and if, and if, and if you can't put yourself to do this one little thing real quick for yourself, mm-hmm. then you just it's gonna accumulate to where you're not gonna follow through with other things, you know. You're really wise for your what thirty three you said. Yeah. Like, have you always been this self aware and wise, or how did you get to this place? Um, my my father was murdered when I was three. Um, you know, growing up with my mom at that age, you see a lot. You see a lot. You see a lot. And, you know, growing up in several different communities, um, you don't really get the chance to voice your opinion until you're a certain age. Yeah. So for me, you just shut the fuck up and watch everything. And I got to really embrace a lot of suffering because there were so many different things that growing up. And again, like I was explaining to you that I grew up in both um, Brooklyn in the 90s and then I moved um, up to the suburbs. And those two um those two different environments, you know, again, I got to see so much and then it was just like, I just wanted to be a better person as much as I could and to try to do as much good as I could because I understood how hard the world could be for everybody. Yeah. So for me, uh, that's why like sometimes people that I know that are very close to me, I get passionate about um, how people talk about me and things like that because I'm just like, I'm a very thoughtful person and I try to do what's right not only for me but what's right for everybody that's around me because cause and effect is a very important thing for me wow i mean so many layers to that but i think there's still a level like an element of resilience that you must just innately have to to see all of that suffering and rise above and not you know succumb to like you know sitting in like oh why me or you know, I think, yeah, just between that and, and also I'm curious when you say like you you do everything that's so that not only what's best for you, but what's best for other people. Like, mm-hmm. how do you not let that pressure get to you of letting people down? Um, Because I understand that, like, as long as you're trying, your best people are going to see that, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying. And if they don't, then they're just assholes. Yeah. You know, um, we're all just trying our best. And I think that um, that's something that we should all admire about one another. It's one thing to be like an asshole or, you know, all this. We know we know what that feels like, mm-hmm. you know, but when somebody's actually trying their best and, it, you know, and that's that's the bare minimum for me. Yeah. That's it, you know, so I'm just happy to be here and enjoy the things that I'm enjoying, because one thing that I'm inspired by, believe it or not, is all the worst things that people say you shouldn't be inspired by. Like, for instance, I'm inspired by pimps, I'm inspired by rappers, I'm inspired by um, people that, you know, they take their existence, and not to say that, you know, pimps are something to be glorified or something like that, rappers are something to be glorified. No, these are people that said, fuck this. Mm-hmm. I This is what I know, but nobody's gonna stop me from doing anything that I wanna do. and I want to be this person. I want to see these things out. I want to become um, whatever it is that I need to become in order to fulfill my destiny. And, you know, that to me is like one of the craziest things you could do. Um, like, like going artists, against the grain. Kind yeah, of? artists. Yeah. Mis- not, not necessarily going against the grain because you're being you. Yeah, I guess like more like going against the norms of society. society. Yeah. yeah. But like in, in reality, you know, you're being you is like one of the 
one of the most courageous things you could do. And for me, I thought that like, if those people can go out into the world and be like Grace Jones was a force. Mm-hmm. Was she a ra- Was she rational? Maybe not. Like she was a force, but yeah. people recognize that she was in the world trying her best with what she had over everything. All all of that trumps her negativity. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? So I say all of that to say, for me, I just want to be the best person I can be and be as passionate through the things that I'm doing um, as I can be because that's the, that's the least you can do for yourself because when you see people leave this planet and, they, and one of their last thoughts is, damn, I didn't try hard enough. Mm-hmm. That right there is so unsettling. Yeah. More than anything I've ever seen. Oh, man, I wish I spoke to this person or I would. That shit does not seem comfortable. And I think kind of what we were talking about earlier is like, I think that's a feeling that younger generations have a little bit more than maybe like our our ancestors, like Mm. our parents or, you know, their parents. And in that, I think about like when I would complain to my mom or dad about like a job and like how I just wasn't feeling fulfilled Mm -hmm. and I wanted to find a new job. And their Mm -hmm. response was, you know, you just got to keep working. You want that on your resume. And it's like, no, everything is work program. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think younger generations are more willing to go against that program and say we deserve better. Like this isn't fulfilling whether it's because of seeing something on social media or whatever it is. I'll tell you something crazy and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's something to think about, but I think about these um, trends that I was telling you about all the time and I feel like this is the second counterculture. What is? What, what, what Like th- right now, what we're going right through now. with social media and everything like that, like this is the second counterculture. Yeah. It's like this is the counterculture on steroids. I mean, it's just so nothing like no generation probably could ever predict the no. this. And also I think the pandemic too happening, oh, yeah. like I think another program. We're literally li- <laughs> <laughs> we're literally living in like something that will be in all the textbooks. If there's yeah. even textbooks in the future. If yeah, people even Kindle. go to school or college, like who knows? Being a Kindle somewhere. <laughs> But I'm okay. I'm curious, like, just because you with this passion for mental health, I'm wondering, was there ever a time when you and sorry, I'm jumping around everywhere. I just have so many, so many thoughts. Was there ever a time when you struggled with your mental health, or was it? Oh, yeah. Um, I've been through a variety of things, especially like um, coming up in the model industry when it was still like rough, where people would be like, You're ugly. You're not exotic enough. I you're not this. Imagine you're not black anyone enough. ever saying that you're ugly. But yo, y- yo, huh? <laughs> the reason, why, one of the main reasons why I am how I am is because I've been told, "Oh, you're ugly. Oh, your teeth are big and stuff like that." But this is like growing up, and then when I became who I am now, like you know, puberty really struck and did me some justice. Um, <laughs> it became a different world. Like growing up, I would, I did not get any any play at all, and I think it's really like. Um, made me a softy for people who go through these things but um do you think you have confidence hell yeah i have yeah. confidence but how um, did you get that i think it came from one i got fame members that are awesome in the sense of um their personality they just shi- their personalities just shine through i have awesome fame members that you know their personality no matter what is always shine through and no matter what they've been through they've just always been so themselves and i think that was important but my mental health um, dwindled at, you know, two different points in my life where it was real bad. Um, when I came, when I moved back to the city, mm-hmm. um, I just didn't know who I was. So 16? 16, I'm like, who the fuck am I? Am, am I black enough? You know, like, coming from the suburbs and not really understanding, you know, where I fit in the hood at that point because it's like I didn't, I wasn't anticipating coming back. Mm-hmm. So right now, I'm just like, shit, I'm back in New York City. Damn, do I dress cool enough? Damn, do like, like, do I do I talk hood enough? Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know where I fit into any of this because I don't want to. I don't want to be in a gang. I don't want to just follow the typical protocol of um, be an athlete. And so I was just trying to figure out myself in so many different ways, and it was just so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It was so uncomfortable. I became super depressed, um, and I and that's where like weed became a problem for me. Hmm. And I learned very early on how weed could be a problem. And um, with me going through all those different. Um, processes um i was just smoking a lot and i realized yeah. that that became a, a, a crutch for me 
and I didn't want it to be a crutch. And then that's when I reversed it, and I was like, hmm, I gotta be more pro. If I'm gonna smoke weed, I gotta do something with this shit. And yeah. I was like, you know what? Let me let me start getting back into sports. I took a break from basketball because um, I had the chance to go to the junior NBA. I had a great amount of opportunities to play basketball on a serious level, and um, I was growing my body, everything else. So I was very much so on the way to becoming that collegiate athlete that I had visioned, but when I came back to the hood, I just didn't have an idea. I didn't have an understanding of what I wanted to do for myself in that manner anymore because I lost my team. It's another thing, too. Like, True. You, you lose your team. Is now, now you don't really know how you fit into another program, and you got to figure so much out. So kudos to all those athletes who, you know, got over that hurdle mm-hmm. and became that athlete that they always envisioned. So kudos to y'all and being so strong and, you know, finishing high school, finishing college after moving around and all that stuff because I, I honestly just didn't have the support system. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest problem, and I had the support system. So I was just down a hole for a minute until I started running again. And running saved me because I started running when I was 11, running ran cross country, was awesome at it, kept going, stopped as well when I stopped playing basketball. But then I was like, you know what, let me start running again. Mm-hmm. So 17, I really started becoming more of myself as an athlete again. But then I fell in, into another bout of depression when um, I was kicked out um, of my family's house when I was about 20. So here it is. We're at that like everything is changing in New York City at this time. You know everything. This city's going through a facelift. You know, the skyscrapers everywhere. You know, rent is sky high. All these different things are ha- happening within our communities that are now like you can tell that New York City's not not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And having that culture shock as well, and not being able to navigate that at twenty, not understanding. You know, I need a seven thirty credit score to get an apartment. Not understanding that, like, I got to have a salary now at 20. I got to, like, figure these things out now because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to survive without that. Um, it was a lot of different things that, that I was just going through that just had me, like, fuck, bro. Like, I don't know what's going to happen to me right now. But the only thing I can do is be consistent in how I show for myself when I do whatever I need to do in the world. So whatever programs, I, I like, I was, I put myself in an A-plus certification program to get into um, help desk do all those little things of technology to build myself up through that. Um, tried to get into construction, was not w- willing to put my body through that. I was like, that's, I'm going to destroy myself by the yeah. time I'm 35, No more running. Old, no <laughs> more running. Um, so just trying to find myself with two of the biggest mental hurdles for me. And, and it was just really rough trying to navigate that as a person being told I wasn't going to be X, Y, and Z or that cannabis was this and that you can't do this because you're doing it. It was just all those different things. But yeah. um, I figured out that the only thing that I could do was control, again, how I showed up, showed up for myself. So I'm happy that I figured that out. What advice would you give to, let's say, like either of those versions of you? Like someone who's 16 struggling or 20 and 20 probably because I think that's more of the listener base. But like mm-hmm. especially a man and especially a black man, like what advice would you give to um, overcome those challenges? Find a mentor and find them quick. Mm-hmm. Um, because the last thing you want to do is try to figure out your own confidence, and that's something that I had to do. So find a mentor, find them quick, find a community, find it quick. Um, find a community that suits your likeness um, because you definitely want a community that's going to feed you in a way where you can feed yourself and therefore you can handle things from there in the sense of whatever it is that you want to do in the world. Again, find a community that can help you aim your passion in the right direction yeah for Mm -hmm. sure but also find a mentor that'll help reinforce a lot of the positive things about yourself so that you can be able to you know move out into the world the way you should um where can they find a mentor um that's a good question (laughs) um that's a really good question but i feel like the way social media is set up these days i feel like if you see somebody that that you rock with and you see that you know you have an idea of like you want to go in that direction or something hit them up i feel like people on social media now they like they're willing to you know, you know, answer people. So I think, yeah, just try your luck and, you know, reach out to people. But there's all types of programs on social media. That's the best part about social media now, right? Mm-hmm. You can find a program. You can find a community like 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 ours, uh, Rage and Release. Um, we're on, we have a website. We're on Instagram, um, soon to be YouTube and a few other things. But we're on Geneva as well, too. But, um, yeah, find a community, find a quick, find a mentor, um, especially if you're still in high school. Reach out to your um, guidance counselor, stuff like that, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Find a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> How did you come up with the name Rage and Release? It's exactly what it sounds like. 
so how would you define rage and how would you define release so obviously everything that you feel that is not i wouldn't say not healthy but everything you feel that could potentially be unhealthy Uh and using that and focusing that going back to manifestation taking Mm -hmm. that energy and focusing in in an area where you can release it and um obviously release coming through whether it's fitness whether it's through um i personally i call it being baptized in sweat so Mm -hmm. i i personally feel like to really release you really gotta like move so whether it's dancing or anything movement based you should do that you should try your luck and get into that because it's so easy to like try to read a book and calm down sometimes you don't need to calm down sometimes you need to you need to shake it off you need to shake it off you know Mm -hmm. so you need to let out that aggression you need to let out that steam and find some find an outlet boxing is also really uh, a great outlet as well too because it teaches you discipline any any type of um defense or martial arts or something like that martial arts also another great way to learn um discipline so in channeling that energy yeah hi guys me again really quick wanted to talk about better help because i love therapy and just everyone should know how amazing it is so again better help is large online counseling service they offer um in like weekly, bi-weekly sessions uh, that you can have with a licensed professional counselor over uh, like telehealth, but that's, you know, everything's telehealth right now because we are in a fucking pandemic. So it's just makes so much sense and it's just such a more affordable option than regular therapy, even though I love that. But unfortunately, that's just how our mental health care system is. So try BetterHelp. Uh, get 10% off your first order by going to try, sorry, your first month by going to trybetterhelp.com slash Zoe. I promise you, you will not regret it. Seriously, therapy fucks. I love it. So trybetterhelp.com slash Zoe, Z-O-E, for your 10% off your first month. So before I wrap up, I always have a couple of questions that I end with. First question is, What's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? Um, hmm. There's a lot of different things that happened. Yeah. Um, I think for me was being so young and seeing some of my friends, um, like their lives just being taken away from them from drugs and them losing, you know, a little bit of everything because they just didn't have the, the right tools. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just... Um, always want to be a better person through those experiences because I feel like for them, I, I owe it to them being yeah. that I know about that, you know? So, yeah, just moving on from seeing all those different tragedies in the sense of that and just not taking my youth for granted. Yeah, I'd yeah. actually have to agree with that. Like, for my own answer, I think I'd probably say something similar. Second question is, do you have a favorite quote or a mantra that you live by? Ooh, no. Um, the reason why is because I, uh, I've never been persuaded by anybody. There's not anybody that I look up to or anything like that. So for me, I read those things and absorb them, but I'm just like, okay, cool. Hmm. Is there one you look up to? No. What about like a mentor? No, because I never had a mentor. So for me, I can never say that I had somebody that, um, I truly believe in. I don't believe in anybody. I don't even, sometimes I don't even believe in myself. And the reason why I say that is because humans are so inconsistent. Mm. And just when you think somebody's good, they actually could be bad. So I don't take anybody's word for it. I just hate. How do you trust people? I trust people based on how much you trust yourself. Do you trust yourself? Hell yeah, I trust myself. Okay. Going back into doing what's right for myself, but doing what's right for others as well, too. You know, I love myself enough to not fuck up anybody else. Does that make sense? If I love myself, yeah. I gotta love you too, you know. But then, isn't that just one-sided if you're not looking up to anyone else? No, not necessarily. No. Um, I, I just have never been pers- that persuaded by anybody. Like, you look at celebrities. Like, I'm not growing up, you know, loving the shit out of Michael Jackson and all these amazing. Okay, I see. Yeah, I know, get what you're saying. It's just, it's just hard. Like, even even like you got like people like freaking the Dalai Lama who just like suck some boy's tongue not that long ago you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah no it, it's what is it's it like it's like fuck, when yo. you're what, like 
one one thing about being like so high up is like the only way it's like down or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, I get what you're saying. It's it's like well, I think I think there's a difference between like admiring someone and looking up to them, and then yeah. and then like putting them on a pedestal yeah. or like thinking they're perfect yeah. or idolizing. So, but, but you I don't have a favorite mantra of like no or not necessarily because when you run um my mantra for anything is be present be kind be fluid okay i like that those are those are the things that i feel like matter the most to me Mm -hmm. um obviously having that resilience factor you gotta be fluid as well too yeah like able to adapt yeah Mm -hmm. what do you love most about yourself Right now, the one thing that I love the most about myself is I love making my mom smile. That right there has been a big thing for me, like sharing my accomplishments with her and um, showing her that all her hard work and stuff like that didn't go unnoticed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and the fact that like I'm able to do these things because you did all the things that you did, regardless of, you know, I may have had whatever, you know, turmoil with her growing up, but to me, those are all growing pains. Yeah. You know, everybody's going to go through them. So for me, I just, I love that right now. I love having her involved in yeah. the things that I'm doing. Yeah. Because, you know, having a family in, in whatever it is that you're doing in, in the best ways possible and you, they get to be a lot of themselves through that as well. It's phenomenal. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's like one of the first things you said is how your mom was like laughing at all the cameras or like your neighbor was yeah. telling your mom about all the cameras being here. Because Ty's famous. <laughs> I mean, hey, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and the last question, which is the name of the podcast, is how do you find solace in the city? Um, For me, a good bike ride. Honestly, if we're not ever going to continue. A bike ride? Yeah. Not even running? <laughs> nah. Nah, bike rides just hit different. Wow. A good, good bike ride and just like some food, some new food. I love new food. What's your favorite type of food? All food. All good food. I'm a vegetarian, so like anything okay. with vegetables and, you know, just got the, the love in it. You can yeah. taste when somebody put their whole like heart in that, in that plate, you know? Yeah, we're definitely in the right city for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you want to, you know, fix yourself up real quick, fix yourself up to a nice plate of food for real. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ty, thank you so much for coming on this podcast and for just for creating a community and that I still need to to run with, but I really appreciate you. And um, where can everyone, you know, follow you, follow Rage and Release, join the running group? We have a website. Our website is rageandrelease.com, R-A-G-E-A-N-D, release. And then the same thing on Instagram. Um, You can also find my personal Instagram at Daddy Shango, um, S-H-A-N-G-O. pretty simple or ty richards for that matter um but yeah right now we're working on a youtube and a couple other platforms so look out for that soon awesome well thanks again and bye everyone peace